This is a Need 10 Media production. Welcome aboard, my friends. It's Nate Clayberg. And in this episode, we are going to learn about what a dad coach is, a former Marine in the technical world. And all of a sudden, uh, he's coaching dads. And I think that's something that uh, is very interesting to me as a, as a father of a freshman in college and freshman in, uh, in high school. And maybe I've been known to raise my voice from time to time. So maybe Ben can help me out here. But I'm going to bring in uh, Ben Killoy. Uh, he's the dad coach. Uh, coming out of uh, southeast or southwest Wisconsin, and, and good to connect with uh, you, Ben. Um, talk through it. Take me through your career adventure as as you look at uh, being a high school kid and thinking or not thinking what your next next steps were and how you got us here today. I'll give you two perspectives that were kind of like a twenty year journey that took me to really figure this out. That the two things that most people miss, and this is why we struggle finding the right job is we don't have enough width. We don't really have a wide enough view of the world. We see it with three lanes wide, but really it's a million lanes wide. And we don't have enough depth to truly understand that we're just not a plug that plugs into a W-2 job to turn wrenches. Like you actually have something on the inside that can be utilized and plugged into something that's very unique. And we don't have to have, we have to have depth to understand that. And we have to have under, understand width to even figure out what job that could plug into. So when I was in high school, Getting out of high school, I essentially had no width. I grew up on a farm in southern Wisconsin. That was pretty much my life. I didn't do a lot of traveling. And I only really saw college and maybe some technical colleges as a route. And none of them really felt like that was it. I maybe wanted engineering. I wanted computers. That was about the only real like indicator of where I wanted to go. And essentially, I went to the military. And it was an odd story of how I ended up in the Marine Corps. Because initially, I was like, you know what? The Air Force is very computerized. It's also the easiest. I don't, I wasn't looking for like a grunt type behavior. So I was like, you know, I'm just going to cross all the other ones off. Let's just go directly for the kill at the Air Force computers and do it. Talk to the recruiter, probably about two weeks away from raising my right hand. And the first day that changed my life was church picnic in August of 2002. And the Marine recruiter had a bouncy house. And my mom was worried that I wasn't exploring all my options, which I don't really think she fully realized like the Air Force is the safest and talking to the Marine recruiter is the scariest. But essentially, I talked to him, find out they have all the jobs that everybody else has, and talk to him that next week at school. And two weeks later, I was raising my right hand for the Marine Corps as like a dare to be great moment, where it's like, I have no idea where this is going. It's probably the hardest thing that I've ever done. I would not have been voted likely to join the Marine Corps, but it was that like going headfirst in these obstacles that kind of started to reveal who I could be. But even within the depth, I still didn't have a lot of depth in the Marine Corps. I was starting to get width but I still didn't understand who I was, but I had a lot of seeds planted. And part of what I struggled with or the next misstep I did is I got out of the Marine Corps because I was like, you know what? The Marine Corps is going to hold me back. I'm not really good at shooting. I'm not really good at running. And this is how you get promoted. And I feel like I was meant for something bigger, but I didn't really have any idea what that was. I just knew it wasn't going to grow fast enough and the Marine Corps was going to limit it. So I got out, but the problem was I just adopted the standard road again. They tell you on the way out, get a job, get an interview, apply those things, get your salary, do your time, get your family started, buy a house, and that's the American dream, and unicorns show up at the end of that with balloons. For me, that ended up being the American hell, because within the context of that, I was also going to school, and that's something else they tell you. The GI Bill is the most popular tool in the military, so you, I started using that. I was going for electrical engineering. I was generator mechanic in the Marine Corps. 
felt like a natural progression. I wanted to be an expert in electricity. 10 years fast forwarding in 2014, I failed two classes in electrical engineering and I made the choice to drop out almost as like initially like a pause. And I was like, let's just take six months to figure out something out what comes next. But then I was like, wait, that piece of paper was supposed to fix everything. Like once you have that doors open, the world gets wider automatically. And I just said no to that. So now what comes next? And it was that real journey that I had to go back to the beginning, look at my transition out of the Marine Corps, look what the Marine Corps really gave me and what I really loved about the Marine Corps. And that was leadership. And so in leadership, I started reading books. It was really like the first time I started listening to podcasts, listening to audio CDs at the time, and just listening to other people talk about this stuff. And it got really me really excited. And so through the next like six years is when I went inside. I figured out like what I could do, what I wanted to do. I was still struggling to find purposeful work. And then I had this idea again with like, you could create your own business. You can actually be an entrepreneur and have freedom within that idea. And so through that process, I'm essentially figuring out like, what am I uniquely designed for? What could I do? What do I want to do for free every day type questions? And I was a dad at the time, still am a dad, three kids. And I was like, let's try to build something around being a dad because that's the season of life I'm in. Started podcast in 2019, military veteran dad. Now own a second podcast, the business of fatherhood. And I've essentially just gone all in on fatherhood using my voice, my story, my message, my process over the 20 years. And that's essentially what I coach dads through is like the things that I had wrong, putting them in the right order and then helping dads walk through them. And now even more as a professional speaker, trying to take my message and my mess and help others understand their mess so they can get some direction in their life. Yeah. You know, Ben, you, looking back here and, and, and where do you feel like, um, you know, hindsight's twenty twenty, obviously, but if you look back to, to your 17, 18 year old self, um, do you feel like back then there could have been a way for you to think about future a little bit differently uh, of maybe where some things you ended up, or do you feel like you were limited or maybe you, maybe you were your, your own obstacle? You know, just thinking if back I could go far. back and leave myself a sticky, nice, sticky size piece of a sticky size note to myself back then, I would essentially say that you have to learn to live life before you can invite life into your life. And the mindset for me was, and this is what my dad's mindset was, you get a job, you keep your head down, you do that for 30 years and you retire. Like the pension, the old mindset of like, that is what works. And that's what I essentially was running on. And that's what I did. But the idea of what I just said is, I wish I would have paused, learn how to live life without the constraints of debt, car payments and jobs and mortgages and family, and just truly invite different experiences into my life so I could really understand who I was, but then also understand where I could go find that feeling of being alive. Because often we transition out of high school and we just go into the next pattern. Sure. We don't really solidify. And this is why I think we have 40 year midlife crisis is because we have this epiphany that we're like, I've never lived. And it's often because we're just in this cycle of patterns of work and work is not living. You have to first learn what makes you come alive and then you can create work around that. But if you get it backwards, you could end up like me. Yeah, you know, life is be, you look at it, it's set up to be to be linear, right? You, you had first five years, you learn to walk and eat and all of that. And we put you into school from uh, pre-K through 12th. And, and it's like, okay, next step is college. Next step is job. Next step is uh, however, 26, 40 years, whatever it is of working. And then you retire and hopefully stay along and alive long enough to, re to be, enjoy retirement. Um, 
but breaking up that linear cycle, uh, I'm got, I've got to think growing up, you didn't see maybe much of that around you. Uh, uh, I mean, the linear cycle is the planting season. I mean, like I remember very vividly, I I was gone in Okinawa for the first year. So I was, I left in June of 2003 or no 2004. And I came back again for the first time in June of 2005. It was like time stopped while I was gone. The corn was the same height. Everything on the farm was the same. Like it was like time never existed for my entire year in Okinawa. And I think that's cyclical nature. Like life is cyclical, but realizing and exposing yourself outside of those patterns, learning how to go against those patterns and create new ones. I didn't have enough adversity to really figure out like where I wanted to go or even understand like inside, like what truly got me excited, what truly made me feel alive. You have to go find that. You have to go live that. And it's something you invite into your life. And it's not done through generally just going on the internet, looking for a job and applying for it, and then just getting in that pattern. Because the problem with patterns, especially as an adult, is consumerism is wired for patterns. It's wired you to want more. It's wired you to go to Target every weekend. And to me, it's that pattern that prevents us from making a choice to say, quit our job. Because for five years, we've entered this pattern. We've accumulated what we were told to. We've got a house. We got car payments just because this is what we were told to do. And then you find this point that you're like, I don't like what I do, but I've got kids. I've got debt. I've got a car payment. I've got a house. I'm stuck. And that leads you down this like pressurized hallway that you feel like the walls are getting closer and closer because you've made these choices in the pattern that makes you feel like you don't have options. And to me, options is what I didn't really have. And... I fight every day to create opportunity in my life. And the other thing that I didn't have any solidification of back when I was 18, of how to have conversation with people to create opportunity. I tell people every time that the amount of opportunity you have in your life is directly proportional to the amount of people you talk to daily. If you want a wide view of the world, you need to have more conversations like this podcast. Every time I have a conversation at a conference, I'm always thinking to myself, it happens multiple times. You do what? And you make how much? and you get to do this for a living, you don't know those until you hear it. And then once you hear it, you can't unhear it. And each one of those seasons your ability to see yourself living in the future of the world or wherever direction and allows you to get some visibility of like, you know what, that's a piece of the puzzle. Cause you're putting a, it's essentially like a puzzle without the box. And each one of those conversations is a piece of that puzzle that you essentially get to understand more of who you are by understanding how someone else shows up and lives their life. Yeah, when, when you when you are talking through that, it's 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 so clear to me because I've had some of those same type of things. I was at a conference in Denver a couple of weeks ago, and people having those same conversations about what they do and how much they make and who they get to be around and where they get want to go. And it wasn't bragging, you know. They, I don't think they're bragging. It, it is a. It's. I feel like sometimes they're amazed that they're able to to do something like that too. But you know, I'm going back through here looking at you know your your background and you were 12 years, almost 13 years in that technical job, uh, you know, waking up, showing up, doing the work, the, the cog or the, the puzzle piece that you had to be. Um, but that was probably when you were, uh, the family was coming on and, and you were getting the house and the car and, and doing correct what you were and figuring to do. out all of those things. And also unwiring the standard American dream and figuring out who I was. And part of like, it was kind of this crux of my own thinking because Electrical engineering is a well-paid job. Anything electrical is a well-paid job. So I can't tell you how many conversations I've had with myself, even to the point where in 2020, right before Corona, 
I lost my job. Went into work January 26th by 9 a.m. It was eliminated in a reorg and my entire world was gone. And I'm thinking through all of Corona, as I'm a stay-at-home dad, rewiring my life to prioritize family, shut down purpose, shut down all these things that men normally wired for, I keep telling myself, what kind of idiot forcefully makes your life this hard when you can go get a job doing something that people are willing to pay you for and that you were good at and that you generally liked, but it didn't really make you come alive. And like, why would I purposely invite this pain? And this is a crazy, this is why this process is so important and width and experiencing life is so important. Here's a 20 year story it took me to figure out what I was missing with electricity. So in high school, I did some circuits class. I liked electricity then. Marine Corps figured out I liked electricity. I started working for a generator manufacturer on troubleshooting electricity over the phone. I could move electrons in my head on the schematic like nobody's business. I started teaching people how to do it in the training center. I moved into other technical jobs as far as like advanced like switch gear and type setups. And all of that, I really liked visualizing electrons in my head. But then I shut all that down. I decided, you know what, I'm gonna be this dad coach thing and figure out this. But I can't tell you how many times, like I said, I'm just like, I feel like I left something behind. Like there is part of me that I'm just not utilizing and I'm an idiot for making my life harder. And then I'm at the grocery store out of all places. It was about two years ago. And it hits me like a bolt of lightning, pun intended here, that electricity is energy and people are energy. One of the things that I loved about electricity was visualizing it and troubleshooting it and moving it through my head to figure out what relay was broken, to figure out that diode that wasn't working. That's essentially what I'm doing with people. It's the same kind of injury. I'm visualizing in my head. I'm figuring out where the lights are off, where the circuit board's fried, where there was a short circuit, where the fuse is blown. I'm doing the exact same thing in my mind. I'm just plugging it into a different context that I never knew existed. So when I was 18, I only knew energy and electricity. Now, when I'm 37, energy is life. Energy is everything. Everything around us has a vibration to it. Part of that is life and energy. Like to me, that's just an expansion of what I understand. 20 years to figure out that I'm not leaving something behind. I actually just figured out more effectively where to plug myself into. So, you know, getting to be a dad coach, you just don't, uh, you know, have a kid and, and you're qualified to be a dad coach, right? But you going through that and and I've got to ask, what aisle in the grocery store were you in? The when chips. All of a sudden, <laughs> what, what, what? Was there any correlation whatsoever? It just popped no. It, I'm just walking. I don't think I had the kids, so it's probably just some like breathing dad time, right? And I was just, it just hit me. I'm like, you know what? Electricity is energy, which I already knew. And then I'm like, people are energy. I'm troubleshooting the same thing. It's just in different context. It, I mean, the, the and it gave me peace as well. Like I'm like. I'm not leaving something behind. I'm not an idiot. I'm actually figuring out more. This is why depth is important. I'm figuring out more of who I am and how I can effectively impact even more than figuring out how to power up a circuit board and power up switch gear. Well, you know, I'm looking through here and I, and right when you said it, I noticed that you, know, you were done at that job in you know February of 2020. And, you know, that time uh, people either took advantage of seeing that as an opportunity to regroup or just had a pity party uh, because they got laid off or because they um, weren't allowed to go to school or do anything or, or whatever. But talk through that. It was almost maybe, a, 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 do you say it as a God center, an opportunity? All of a sudden, this took place that had to be a catalyst for you to decide what your next step was. It actually rewinds a little bit back for it. So in December of 2019, I was going through kind of this lull point and I had this, a idea in my head that like, you know what, 
I've been trying to figure out like how to create all, create this thing to turn on because I'd had been podcasting for a year, been frustrated with it at that point. And I'm like, you know what? I can't unconditionally love the world and love everything in it until I unconditionally love myself. Because there's parts of my story that I didn't want to utilize. I didn't want to, I didn't want to even think about. And in that moment, I was like, you know what? I got to love the good and the bad and the ugly. And then someone else shares on social media, you should pick a word of the year instead of a resolution. And I was like, I've never picked a word of the year. Let's give it a whirl. And so in that same moment, I picked the word believe. Believe that I've had every, everything inside myself and that I've never needed one more book, one more podcast, one more anything. I've just needed the belief that it's always been there and I needed to step into it. So 2020 is my word believe. And so on January 26, I have to believe, you know what, like this is your chance. You could do something. I set myself up professional speaking. This is my chance. Professional speaking gets shut down with Corona. I'm like, okay, believe again that there's something within this. So I rewire my life. My wife, my wife's a kindergarten teacher. So her world is chaos. So I essentially take care of the kids. We get them through 2020. And again, believe is this entire theme in 2020 of believe you can get through this, believe you're learning something. And I also had this mindset where I knew when I was 50, looking back, I would never wish that I hurried back into the workforce. That the years that I'm going to appreciate most is trying to figure out this full-time dad thing and taking care of my kids. Because that next year in 2021, I was taking my daughter to preschool every single day. So I was with her in the morning, the older two are at school, and I would take her to preschool and I'd have about three hours myself every day. It was chaos most days trying to orchestrate that with my calendar. It was hard. But I remember sitting on the bench at the end of that school year, just thinking like, I made it. This was an adventure with me and her that I know it's going to shape our relationship 10 years in the future. I just can't see it. And I've just been prioritizing, like, I'm never going to wish I did more work 10 years from now or even 20 years from now. And so I just erred on dad mode. And so through all of that, that pressure allowed me to understand more of this, allowed me not to quit. And it forced me to dive into even more exactly who I could become. And in 2021, my word of the year was action. And so I created my coaching business. I launched my coaching program, ran dads through it, started changing lives. But then I had this problem where it was like, you know what? The finances weren't matching up with where I needed to be. And I was running. I'm like, God, you laid this thing in my heart. I've been trying to go into it. And this isn't working. I think I'm out. I got to go back. 48 hours later, I get a coaching client. And so the fall of 2021, I learned that faith was the one thing I wasn't holding on to the most. And I was always quickly to try to pull the plug quick. And so this year, my word of the year is faith. Faith that I've always had everything. It's always going to have been worked out. It's the doubt in my head that's the one thing limiting me. And so now I'm even even feeling more of that faith showing up every month. Different things happen. And it's just getting essentially better and better. And getting to the point where it feels like it's become something that's not just something that looks nice on the internet. Yeah, but you know, you're looking through there and it's that is awesome. Uh it's a great story, but you've got to probably sometimes reflect on what you gained uh, growing up, uh, being being in the core, uh, going through the, the job that you did. This has brought you to who you are and, and the experience you can relate on. And a lot of it sounds like it's through the processes that you've learned and experiences. Granted, in the, in the moment of going through, whether you're in the core or the jobs you're in, thinking, gosh, I got to get out of here. I, you, you don't realize what you're learning, right? And maybe even sometimes what you're not learning. 
and and learning from others. Um, how do you bring that into your coaching? Uh, go deeper into that. I essentially buy into the obstacles away by Ryan Holiday and stoicism that it's those hard things in life that are going to reveal the only difference between carbon and charcoal and a diamond is the pressure exerted upon it. And it's often where the pressure is the greatest is where life has been trying to teach you a lesson your entire life that you've just been really struggling to learn. And so I often dive into those moments even more, but just recognizing in general, I always have this mindset, whether it's good or bad, I'm learning something. So like, for example, I've said some things over the last few months that resonated in a way that people got angry at me on the internet, which felt good because then I meant like I was taking a side on something. And once you learn those things, like someone could take that like, oh man, I need to stop doing that. I took it as like, now I know more of who I am. I now know what I stand for. Because something we don't have a real good understanding of is knowing what we stand for, but knowing what we stand against. And I have a long list of things that I stand against because of how life happened to me, because of how I got stuck, because of how things were showing up. And that's more powerful, in my opinion, than even knowing what I stand for. So really looking at everything as a teachable moment and realizing it's hard in the moment. I'm telling you, it's hard in the moment. But part of having a coach is you can go back and have someone objectively look at these things that seem emotionally hard is life's always happening for you, not to you. And part of the hard part is trying to find that for and like, what has life always been teaching me? that now I can step into. And the easiest way like to shortcut what I do as a professional speaker and a coach, I've taken my mess, converted to my message, and you can't spell the word message without the word mess. And so realizing that your mess, if you look back and you're like, man, how did I survive that dumpster fire? Maybe it's like that type of language. That dumpster fire taught you something. And it's finding that purpose in that, the faster you can convert purpose from pain, the faster you can convert it to jet fuel to take you where you wanna go, which is essentially what I've done. Well, you know, Ben, this is, it's an awesome story. And, and I guess talk through, uh, and, and I don't expect you to get into to details and names and things like that, but, you know, just, just speak on some clients that you've come to you where they were at and, and how they've left moving forward with uh, maybe more of a sense of purpose and where they're going in their life. And you relate to that? Most of the dads that I've worked with have an immaturity related to some type of generational trauma that what we don't realize is these stories we had to learn as a child, these parts of our the circuit boards in our mind, we've had to turn off. So like if your dad always yelled, if you cried, you learned that emotional issues were not safe. So to survive, which is your primary brain's function, it turned those things off. And then you realize that when you get married and you have kids, they're looking for life from you. They're looking for emotion. They're looking for smiles. And if you don't know how to do that, you're not going to be able to gift them it to, and you're going to pass on this curse of dads not being happy in our life. A lot of what I do is help dads rewire, identify those stories of patterns from their father or their mom and identify how we can interrupt it. And there's one that I really appreciated and, and honored where we realized he became a dad when he was 17 and we visited that moment. And we, I asked him like, what did you, what did you hear in your head from your dad in that moment? And he said, be careful. You're just going to screw this up like everything else. For 14 years, he did being a dad at a hand's distance away, including his marriage, because he was afraid to mess it up. The moment we identified that story, gave him a pathway to connect, he hugged his son for the first time when he was 14. And I remember acknowledging, I'm like, do you realize how much you just change your son's life by giving him a physical connection to his father? Like that's life, that's a life-changing 30-second moment. 
and an entire new road was created from that moment. Yeah, and, and I, <clears throat> there's probably a lot of stories like that that you come across, just of probably things uh, things that, that dads realize they know they do, but they don't know why they do it. And, and you helping him to see the pathways and how to move forward with that. Um, but uh, that is awesome. So if people want to connect with you, uh, let us know, uh, let, let them know where to go and, and talk through uh, maybe the programs, the options that, that people have to, to get involved. So bencolay.com is where you can find all the information about myself. I'm on pretty much all the platforms, LinkedIn, Instagram, Facebook, pretty much active on all three of those primarily regularly. So you can reach out to me in anywhere. I'm always a conversation away. And I believe hello is the most powerful word in the human language. Most of us just have no idea how to wield it. But one conversation can change your entire life. And said enough times, you change your life over a repeated number of times. Essentially, what I do, my life thesis, if I were to think about what life was trying to teach me, is that home isn't something you buy. It's not something you pay. It's not something you acquire. Home is a feeling you build from the inside out. By coming home to yourself, building a solid foundation of who you are in the inside, you then can project that into your house and create the feeling of home. But you cannot create the feeling of home, in my opinion, without coming home to yourself first. So what I do with my coaching is help dads cross that emotional barrier, feel physically home in their heart so that they can project that home feeling within their family and essentially change their family tree forever. And that is awesome. And, and my last question on this, and I have not, uh, I, I would say it's, it's been pretty well what my, uh, my record has been. I've been asking all the guests, you know, I, I give it a magic wand right now. And I think I already know the answer to this. But if you end up, someone said, Ben, I'm going to give you your dream job. What is that? Impacting people at a scale of 10,000 at a time by being a professional speaker. I truly sure. believe that like the power of words and moving mountains is one of the most powerful tools. And Abraham Lincoln and Martin Luther King, they both crap sitting down and we have all the same things in common, except they learn to use mountains or use their words to move mountains. And that's essentially my goal with mine. And I want to move the hearts of men to be able to establish this because fatherhood is one of those cornerstones within our culture that's been like weakened to the point where we see the results everywhere. And if you want to solve a lot of our problems in America, Meg Meeker is famous for saying, put a dad in every street corner and our problems will slowly start to go away because that's what people and kids are looking for is a connection to their father. Yep. You are already on your way to your dream job. Ben, thanks for taking the time. I appreciate it. Thank you. Again, everybody, thank you for listening and being on this journey. And please subscribe and share this podcast. That's a job on Spotify, Overcast, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. The That's a Job podcast is presented by Career Adventure Academy and the College and Career Discovery course. Discover the work you are wired to do. Now, go live your career adventure. If you haven't done so already, hit subscribe to enjoy future episodes. Build your career adventure at nateclayberg.com. Production assistance provided by Bill Jordan voiceovers. Visit billjordanvo.com. This podcast is a Need 10 Media production.